welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. If you can turn with me, we're picking up in the book of Revelation, chapter 17. Revelation 17, we're picking up in verse 5 as we make our way through this wonderful book. Title of our message here this morning is End of Days, World of Hatred. End of Days, World of Hatred. The Bible makes it clear that in the latter days here on earth, before the tribulation, during the tribulation, that hatred is going to get worse. People are going to hate in a, in a terrible way. As a matter of fact, the second seal, as we looked at in Revelation, I believe it was chapter 6, talks about the second seal. It said, hatred so bad, people are going to kill one another. And peace, remember that? It says that God's going to take peace from the earth. I'm so blessed that we're not going to be here during that time. Hatred is going to get worse, and I believe we're seeing hatred increase right now. My wife, when she came here 30 years ago from Scotland, she used to take the bus to work and to church, and and she did that for like the first five years here in this country. And one of the times she told me this story where she... The bus was packed. She sat in the back of the bus. And then a gentleman came by and sat next to her. And she says she could just feel evil from this man and hatred. And, and she didn't want to look at him. And she looked, she glanced at his eyes and she said she saw hatred in his eyes. And so here she had her little pocket Bible and she just kept reading her little pocket Bible. And then as the bus was getting empty, people were getting off the bus. He literally pulled out a knife and put it to her throat and said, yeah, put it, and says, what's more powerful, that book or this knife? And she took her little pocket Bible out with her little Scottish accent, and she goes, this is more powerful, and she put it in his face like that, and true story, and he, he, something happened, he got fearful, he got afraid, and he ran up to the front of the bus, sat down next to the door, and as soon as the next stop came, he ran off the bus, so God was protecting her, but hatred, people will hate us because we're Christians. And we have to be careful that we don't try to be men-pleasers, to make everybody like us, because that could be very damaging to our Christian walk, worried about what people think of us, and all these kind of things. The Bible even says, beware when all men speak well of you. We have to be careful with that. And I believe that means especially those outside the church. If they're all speaking well of you outside the church, beware if they're all speaking well of you. Because if you're truly walking with Jesus Christ and you have a relationship with him, uh, the people that hate Jesus will hate us. And so hatred will increase. We're going to look at here in our text in in Revelation 17, the mystery Babylon. We're going to see a false world system that will happen after the rapture. All the world religions are going to gather together, and they're going to come after the church, not the church, excuse me, the tribulation saints, the believers in Jesus, and it's going to get ugly, and we're not going to be here, but let's look at the story and see if we can bring application. So if you could please stand with me, I'd like to read out of Revelation 17, picking up in verse 5, as John the Apostle writes. And John writes, verse 5, again, Revelation 17, and he says, On her forehead a name was written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. 
And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. But the angel said to me, why do you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her, which has the seven heads and the ten horns. Verse 8, the beast that you saw was and is not and will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go to, and go to perdition and goes to perdition. And those who dwell on the earth will marvel whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundations of the world when they see the beast that was and is not and yet, let me do that one over. <laughs> when they see the beast that was and is not and yet is. Here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. There are also seven kings. Five have fallen, one is and the other has not yet come. And when he comes, he must continue a short time. The beast that was and is not is himself also the eighth and is of the seven and is going to perdition. The ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have received no kingdom as yet, but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. These are of one mind, and they will give their power and authority to the beast. That's the Antichrist. Verse 14. These will make war with the lamb, and the lamb will overcome them. This is the best part. For he is Lord of lords and king of kings, and those who are with him are called chosen and faithful. Then he said to me, the waters which you saw, where the harlot sits, are peoples, multitude, nations, and tongues, and the ten horns which you saw on the beast, these will hate the harlot, make her desolate and naked, eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. For God has put it, don't miss this, God has put it into their hearts to fulfill his purpose, to be of one mind and give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. Last verse, verse 18. And the woman whom you saw is that great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. And Lord, I know there's a lot here. And Lord, I know we covered a lot of this already two weeks ago. So Lord, we... We ask that you would make clear the message with these verses, the word that you have for all of us here today. And Lord, I pray that again, we would have applications. So Lord, please give us application. How does this text apply to each one of us? Lord God, we ask that you'd please make that clear. How does it apply to us? May we have understanding in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. you can be seated, thank you. I know we covered a lot of verses here. Two weeks ago, we covered and we talked about quite a few of these verses that are here in our text, so we're not going to cover the whole, the rest of this because we did cover it. If you weren't here two weeks ago, I'd suggest that you would uh, get to look online. So we're going to cover just certain verses here that hopefully, you know, will apply to us and will bring application. Timeline, I always like to look at a timeline. I, I believe, as we've been looking at, this is the end of the tribulation period, the beginning of the second coming of Jesus, as we just read. We'll look at that. I believe there's a lot of code in here. There's words that are code words. I believe because the city that this is referring to, this is my personal belief. I'm not, you know, I can't be dogmatic about this, uh, but I believe it's talking about Rome. And because uh, Rome was ruling at the time, it was probably coded in some way, not to put Rome in here and explain it was Rome, uh, to protect those that were reading these letters and this letter, and also maybe protecting John that was writing this. So that's a possibility. So we have that. Two things that I want to remind us about. 
because these are some scary things that we're reading about. So I always want to remind us as a church, if you're a true believer in Jesus Christ, we won't be here during the time of tribulation. We will be in heaven. So I believe that with all my heart. We've talked about that. We'll be in heaven. So we, we won't have to worry about, wow, what are we going to do if we're here during this time? Well, we're not going to be here during this time, but there's still application for us. The other thing I want to point out, I'd like to point out every Sunday when we look at the book of Revelation is that this is the only book in the entire Bible that has a threefold blessing. I hope you understand that because we are blessed when we do three things, right? So we're blessed when we read it, we're blessed when we hear it, and we're blessed when we apply it. So we read it. So there's a blessing. So we can leave right now and say, we've, we've been blessed. We heard it. We can leave now and have a double blessing. But there's one more. It's when we apply it. And so I, I pray that there's some application. And, and so let's look and see if we can bring some application with the text that's in front of us. So back to verse 5. And it says, and on her forehead, a name was written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. I find it interesting that in the day this was written, when a prostitute in Rome would be on the streets, she would have a headband, we're told, and it would have her name written on the headband there to identify who she is. And so uh, the people reading this, they would be familiar with that. So this is her name. This identifies who this harlot is. So this is bringing identification who this harlot is. Mystery Babylon. Well, Babylon in the Bible, biblically speaking, uh, stands for a false religious system, stands for idolatry, stands for rebellion. So I believe that's what it's referring to. There's this false world system uh, religious system that'll be rebellious against God, harlotry. She'll look like, uh, she'll look on the outside very religious and good, but she's in rebellion against God. This system is against God. This is what's going to happen. So there's going to be this system that's in rebellion against God. It's a, a false religious system. There's going to be a one world uh, church, if you will. I wouldn't say church, but a religious system uh, that's going to take place, and people are going to fall for this. You know, because times are so, are going to be so tough during the tribulation period, people are going to be looking for answers, and this false religious system is going to, you know, have the, some answers. Even though it's deceptive, they're going to, you know, go to them, and they're going to have this one world uh, religious system. But Babylon, uh, if you're a note taker, Babylon's mentioned 286 times in the Bible, more than any other city except Jerusalem. And it's known again for rebellion. And we find that in Genesis 11.1. 1. Remember the story? Remember it says, now the whole earth had one language and one, can we say that together? Speech. And it came to pass that they journeyed from the east and they found a plain in the land of Shinar. That's another name for Babylon. Shinar's Babylon. They're in modern-day Iraq. And they dwelt there and they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. Check this out. And they had bricks for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. I read this somewhere and I find it very interesting. We'll look at why this is rebellious and all that, but some even believe that because the asphalt was in that land, it was like a pitch that they used. And 
Noah used it on the ark, this pitch to keep it waterproof, right? So some even look at this and say that it's possible that they weren't trusting that God wasn't going to flood the world again. So they wanted to, they didn't just want to use mortar, they used asphalt to make it waterproof, this tower that they're going to build. They wanted it totally waterproof just in case God changed his mind or, or they didn't trust that God was not going to flood the earth again. Interesting. It's, and they said, come, let us build ourselves a city whose tower, it says, and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves. So this is in Babylon. People want to, these people want nothing to do with God. We'll show you this. They're going to make a name for themselves. They're going to have a tower that reaches up to heaven. And some say that astrology is birthed out of this. They want to worship stars and, and, and all this kind of crazy stuff. But they're not doing it God's way. They're rebelling. And how do we know for sure? Because it says, let us, be, let, let us make a tower for ourselves, make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the earth. What did God tell Noah and the descendants of Noah to do? Do you remember? to fill the earth, scatter and fill, multiply, be fruitful and, and fill the earth. They're doing just the opposite. They said, no, 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 we don't want to fill the earth. We want to go up instead of outward. We want to build our, we want to rebel against God. So we see this, this rebellion starting against God. And I, I want to use this to say, as we look at where rebellion started in Genesis uh, 11 there in Babylon and false religion and all, I, I want to say for application, it's best to do it God's way. And if you've walked with the Lord long enough, you've realized that. Isn't it best just to do it God's way? Many times I try to do it my way. Guess what? It doesn't work very well. God's way is always the best way. Amen? We ordered a dishwasher not too long ago and First time we had to buy a dishwasher. The house, you know, the two homes that we had that comes with a dishwasher and whatever. We never had to buy one. So this time we, we bought a dishwasher and so we ordered it, went to Lowe's and all that. And, and so they said that an uh, installer will call you and they'll, you know, they'll get with you. You don't have to get with us. I said, no problem. Okay, we're waiting. So they delivered the dishwasher. We're waiting for them to call. We're waiting for them to call. And we're waiting for them to call. I'm like... I'm telling you, did they say they're going to call us? You say, yeah, yeah, they're supposed to call us. Okay, that's what the sales guy told us. Yeah, okay. So finally, after so long, we're just like, you know, this is just wait. So I pick up a phone, I call, and I said, uh, we are the dishwasher's here. The installer's supposed to call us. We've been waiting a long time, and I thought they were going to call it. because, well, let me look it up. He says, oh, no, the, the salesman made a mistake. They didn't enter something right on the computer, so we didn't even know that you had it. We didn't even know that you were, you know, you had, you know, you're wanting an appointment for the installation. I said, oh yeah, okay. And I'm like, all right, I, deep breath. Okay, it's okay. No problem. Yeah, no problem. I think God's trying to teach me patience. I don't know. Like, it's, like, it's like, okay, all right. So I said, no problem. Okay, we're, we're waiting. Is there any way you can expedite this? And, you know, we've been waiting this long time. He said, we'll see what we can do. Finally, they get a, installers to come on out. Two guys come out to put the, 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 the dishwasher in. They, they, they walk in. They look at our dishwasher. They go downstairs. They look, they look at the old one. They look at the new one. He says, uh, sorry, Mr. Pettick, I have to tell you, it's impossible. We can't install that in your spot. I go, Why? And he says, well, he says, you only, I measured it. You have so much height there and the, the standards, they come a certain height and because you built up your floor, it's not going to fit. And, and so I, 
My way would have been getting upset at this point, saying, well, the sales guy never did this, and I don't know. So that was my way. I'm thinking this in my head, what to do and say, and I'm like, I'm getting frustrated. And I'm, so I stopped, and I was like, I just started praying. They're talking to me. I'm listening. And I thought, I, I want to stay in the spirit, Lord. And so I'm like, Lord, just help, and you know, give me wisdom. Give them wisdom. If, you know, I would hope that we could have it, and it would be nice, but it, your will be done, and, and just whatever. And so, so now I've got all this peace, and I said, hey, can you do me a favor? I said, can you walk me through this? I said, because I'm kind of a do-it kind of person, and I, I'm very mechanical in my mind. I, I love fixing things. I said, so just can you please just walk me through this? And I said, yeah, no problem. I said, no, you guys are experts. You guys, and you've been, you know, how long have you been doing this? Oh, we've been doing it, you know, 20 years. Yeah, you guys are great. Yeah, I love it. Let's, let's look at that. And I said, well, what's the problem? He says, well, they're standard. They come a certain height. And I said, are you sure that's the certain height? He says, well, we'd have to open the box. I go, let's open the box. You know, so he opens up the box and cuts it open. He measures it. He goes, oh, wow. He says, well, actually, this one is shorter than it. He says, I said, there you go. He says, so we can do it. He goes, no. He says, because uh, it's still because of the floor that's built up, we still can't pull the old one out. I said, let's just look at it. He says, and I've got him come up. So I'm on the floor and I'm looking at it. I'm looking. I says, well, what if you just, he says, no, I see it, sir. I says, but if you look, it it looks like if you bring those legs all the way up and it'll, and I start getting, I said, you know, I'm ready. I'm going to put, I'm starting to work. And he says, no, no, no. And I says, I think it'll work. He says, well, well, wait. He goes, even if you do that, the back legs are going to scratch your floor. We can't be responsible for scratching your floor. And I'm just praying. I'm like, that's fine. I don't think you'll scratch the floor, but that's fine. If it's scratched, I'll take responsibility. They said, are you sure? Said, yeah, I'll take responsibility. It's my own. Just go ahead. Scratch the floor if you want to. You know, it's okay. <laughs> and I just had such peace, right? So sure enough, they put the little legs up like this with their tool, and they slid the thing there, and then it pulled right out of there, and it was tight, you know, and, it, and so then it all came out, and it, it all worked just right like it was supposed to work. And I'm thinking, God, you're just so good. And my wife comes downstairs, and the last she heard, they're not going to be able to do it. And now I'm like, hey, honey, they're going to do it. They're able to do it. I said, they figured it out. And the guy says, no, no, we didn't figure it out. He figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> but my point with all that is to say, it's always better to do it God's way. His way is, the Bible tells us, it's far better than our way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your path. But it's, it's, sometimes it's tough because we, when we try to figure it out in the flesh or out of anger or being upset and all these things that can happen to us. We're human. We're, we've got a, a sinful nature. Day by day, we have to repent from and turn from and, and confess it before the Lord and give it to him at the cross. And, and, and the, the, the battle, I find, is just stay in the spirit. Do it God's way. And if you don't know if it's God's way, I find myself just stop, wait, wait upon the Lord. I hate that part. I don't know about you. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm just being real. I mean, it's just the waiting part. I'm like, kind of like, let's go, let's go. But the waiting is tough. But there's going to be times where God's going to say, wait, this is my way. Another very interesting story that comes out of Genesis has to do with Babylon. Is this guy Nimrod. Most of you already know about Nimrod. But I, for those of you that don't know about Nimrod, when you first read this, I, do you remember this? The first time I read this, I thought Nimrod was a pretty good guy. Because the way it's written, Cush begot Nimrod, he began to be a mighty one on the earth, and he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore it said, like Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. And check it out, in the beginning of his kingdom was what? Babel, Babel. that's Babylon. 
So you've got Nimrod here, and when you read this, you think, wow, that's, that's awesome. You know, Nimrod seems like, a, seems like a great guy, but when you learn the history of Nimrod, Nimrod had a, a wife, her name was Semiramis. And Semiramis thought that her son was the savior of the world. And there's different stories that, that rotate regarding this, but uh, this is one that I've heard before. So here her son was uh, Tammuz, and she had a son called Tammuz, and she thought that this was the savior of the world. And her story was that one day the, the, the sun was shining on her stomach, and when the sun was shining on her stomach, she became pregnant. And so she told everyone, this is miraculous, and God, you know, the, the gods or whatever, a false god, gave her this, this child. And so if you know the story, this uh, Tammuz, her son, when he got older, he was out hunting. And as he was out hunting, a wild boar killed him. And then they say that 40 days later, her son rose from the dead. And this started in Babylon. This false religion started there in Babylon. And it's, and it's wicked. And from that, we have this worship of mother-son worship that permeated many different cultures. You have India, Egypt, Assyria, starting with this uh, Semiramis. And you've got all this mother-child worship going on, and it all started there in Babylon. Interesting. False religious system. In the time of tribulation, it's going to get severe. It's going to be, all these false religions are going to come together, and they're going to be one, and the beast, the Antichrist, will be one with them until he's through with her and he'll destroy her and he'll want to be worshipped as God. That's basically what this is all about. But let's look back in verse 6. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. You might miss this just by reading it at, at first, but that word drunk means they were intoxicated with the blood of the saints. In other words, they were taking pleasure in killing. They're going to take pleasure in killing believers during the time of tribulation. They're going to, they're, it's something that they're going to enjoy doing. They're, they're going to think that real believers in Jesus, real believers in God, that they're wrong and they're going to, they're going to kill them. And, and it's, it, it's such hatred. And I believe we're seeing the starts of that even today, aren't we? With what's going on in Afghanistan and everything. But again, I just want to remind you, don't think it's strange when people hate us for Jesus' sake. And guys, don't worry about what people think of you when it comes to Jesus. Stand up for truth. Don't get caught stooping down to their level and getting angry and mad and upset. Hatred. Hatred towards Christians. Guys, you following what's going on in Afghanistan? It's ugly. It's bad. It's real. Taliban killing people found with Bibles on the phones. It says, we're hearing from reliable sources that the Taliban demands people's phones, and if they find a downloaded Bible on their device, they will kill you immediately. I literally saw video footage. People are sending me footage in, from Afghanistan, and it's horrific. It's ugly. I can't even, I mean, I can't get the pictures out of my head. I, one lady, they had, they just put her down on her knees and just shot her right in the head. And on footage, these people are with their cameras sending, and I'm getting it sent to me. And it's just, this is terrible stuff that's going. This is real. Christians are being killed for their faith today. This hatred. First John 3, 13 to 14 says, do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. 
We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. So don't marvel, don't be surprised. And here in America, I mean, we get ridiculed sometimes, we get yelled at, we get people that might get upset at us, but our brothers and sisters are going through quite a bit. We need to keep them in our prayers. But it's gonna get worse. I believe we're seeing things that are giving us great indication that the Lord, the rapture of the church can be at any time. We're called, when we come back, he says, these are my faithful ones. These are my chosen ones. Be faithful. If you do not know what your calling is, I want to encourage you, make your call and election sure. You know how comforting it is to know what you're called to do and then you're walking in it? Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. Hopefully, we'll see you here later today. God bless you. You have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Now, may we continue to go to his throne of mercy as he changes us from glory to glory.